welcome to the Stephen Mansfield Audio Podcast. So this past week, the Republicans had a debate, and Ron Paul, the conservative, former libertarian candidate, uh, the wise old man, so to speak, in many people's eyes, and, and one, by the way, who is really transcending party lines uh, with a lot of his policies, made a recommendation that has really stirred a lot of comment in the press. And uh, the, the problem for most Americans is that uh, they, don't, they don't really know the background, don't really know the context, don't know what he was referring to. Uh, unfortunately, we Americans are not the most knowledgeable when it comes to our uh, our history. So let me drill down into this just a little bit. Describe who Ron Paul is. Describe this recommendation that he made and its history. And maybe we can see if, if this would be a, a recommendation that would help us uh, as, as we continue in our history. Uh, Ron Paul is the libertarian candidate. Uh, well, actually, he's the Republican candidate, but he's, he's a libertarian candidate for many, many years. Um, he very much is about limited federal, federal government. He's very much about uh, reducing the size of government overall. Um, he's, a, he's basically a, a free market conservative, but he's not a pro-big business conservative, and there is a difference. Um, he, he's a man who believes we have too many laws, too much government, uh, and the, the genius of the people need to, needs to be released by uh, without the, the intrusion of federal government into their lives, and, and even state government for that matter. So in the debate the other night, Ron Paul said that one of the ways a president could reduce the size of government, or at least begin reducing the size of the federal government, is to veto any bill coming out of Congress, or any federal act for that matter, that violated the 10th Amendment. Now, what is the 10th Amendment? Most, most Americans probably don't really know exactly what that is, constitutional uh, history not really being uh, our strong suit. Well, you remember that during the American Revolution, after the Declaration was ratified, Declaration of Independence, that we had sort of a first attempt at federal governance and, and devising a document that would give us guidance for our federal government. It was called the Articles of Confederation. And as the American Revolution wore down, it was finally ratified, Maryland being the last state to, uh, to ratify. And uh, it, it, it was decent. It obviously reflected the founding fathers' attempt to have a limited federal government, but perhaps it over-limited the federal government. Uh, it did not allow, for example, the, the federal government the power to have a unified currency. It, didn't, it restricted the federal government on raising taxes, which prevented it almost from being able to maintain a standing army. It, it tied its hands in deference to the states and foreign policy matters. It, it, it restricted other uh, aspects of, uh, of, of the federal government, certainly as we've come to know it now. So, of course, as we all know, in 1787, the Congress, uh, Continental Congress began to consider uh, the new, a new document, uh, as it said actually in the document, a more perfect government um, was to be devised. And, of course, our current Constitution was devised. Well, once its core, once its basic uh, terms were set on paper, um, some folks like James Madison looked at it and said, now this, you know, if we don't put some, we don't guarantee some rights to the individuals and some powers to the states, we could have a government that just grows and becomes intrusive and, and becomes exactly what we didn't want, exactly what we rebelled against England over. 
So the 10th Amendment to the Constitution, and you remember that the Bill of Rights originally was 10 amendments to the Constitution. This was the last one um, of those proposed by James Madison. The 10th Amendment says this, the powers not delegated to the United States by the Constitution, nor prohibited by it to the states, are reserved to the states, respectively, or to the people. Now, what does that mean? Basically, if, if a power, this is the constitutional language, they use power rather than authority or right. If a power of, of the federal government is, is specifically outlined in the Constitution, then it's a legitimate power. But all other powers not specifically enunciated in the Constitution are reserved to the states or to the people. So that would mean, according to Ron Paul's recommendation, that if a president was going to veto any bill that was counter to the 10th Amendment, it would have to veto any bill that proceeded from an assumed power on the part of the federal government that is not enumerated and specified in the Constitution. So many of these federal agencies, many of these congressional acts, which are far afield of the government the Constitution originally envisioned, would have to be vetoed. Now, this is, this is not a bad suggestion. I mean, it's, it's, it's obviously radical. It's obviously not going to be something that we just do tomorrow. But it raises the issue that our founding fathers intended us to have a government that was limited. In fact, the founding fathers really intended for the states to be the powerhouse the states combined and the states individually, that the governing would be best at the local level. The states really had the power. The federal government really was granted authority from the states. It was uh, really understood to be uh, delegated authority from the states. Uh, if you go back and read our early constitutional history and the thinking of the founding fathers, they, they really were suspicious of a federal government, many of them. They wanted it to be powerful enough to you know, wage war and, and handle some trade matters and do things like post offices and internal improvements and what have you. Even that, by the way, was controversial. Uh, but they, they certainly never envisioned anything like what we have now, anything like the Leviathan we have now as a federal government. Uh, I've said, for example, earlier uh, in another podcast that, uh, you know, I mean, the federal government is so intrusive now that it actually raids a guitar company in Nashville because they might be using a wood, you know, you, uh, that's of questionable legality in India, even though the Indian government approved it. Um, I think we all know the rather humorous but tragic story that a, that a, a Big Mac at McDonald's uh, has, has, to, has to, it only comes into existence in obedience to 182 federal regulations. Now, do we want some of those regulations? Of course we do. 182? And so this is the issue. Has our federal government become much larger than it ought to be? And could one of the solutions be simply to return to being constitutional? Now, one of the debates, of course, in our society, and this largely defines conservative from uh, liberal, uh, is that conservatives tend to see, not all of them, but most of them tend to see the Constitution uh, as valid and wise and tend to believe that we should govern according to the Constitution's original intent. 
Now, as soon as you say that, there are some folks who justifiably have concerns because women did not fare very well in the Constitution. They didn't have the vote. Um, blacks, of course, uh, did not fare very well until later, of course, when we had the 13th and 14th Amendments and, and then the civil rights legislation of later history. And so folks can look back and say, well, man, if we go back to the Constitution, you know, we're going to have blacks running around as three-fifths of a human being. And of course, that's not going to happen. And of course, we're thankful for those advances. And of course, we're glad that women have the vote. We don't even have to say that, really. But was there governing wisdom in that original document? And of course, my response would be yes. In fact, even though it took a lot of time, it was... Uh, not only the Declaration of the, of the Rights of All Men and, and the Declaration of Independence, but then the Constitution, which is more procedural law, uh, providing processes for amendment and processes for later generations to modify government that led to women getting the vote, that led to uh, you know, blacks, of course, first of all, being freed from slavery as, I mean, that's just a travesty in American history. All of us know that. And then, of course, being guaranteed civil rights. But no one, of course, envisioned the kind of welfare state we would have now. No one envisioned that our, our economic ship would nearly be sunk by entitlements. Nobody envisioned um, that, and again, I'm coming back to it because it just gets me hacked off, frankly, that federal SWAT teams would move in on luthiers at, at Gibson Guitars in Nashville, uh, again, over, the, over a, 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 frankly, a law in another land. So we can all come up with examples of federal intrusion, and uh, and I, I I know that we don't want to just completely roll the clock back to where we're you know governed only by localities and don't have a federal government it, that that ship has sailed, but Ron Paul's suggestion uh, is a great teaching point of the intentions of the founding fathers, and it's a mechanism that we need to return to. Remember, in the law of our land is a provision that says if in our constitution. A certain power is not specifically stated and expanded and, and, and granted to the federal government, then it is absolutely to go to the states. And this, is, this should be something we're thinking about as we consider health care and what some insultingly call Obamacare. This is what we should be thinking about when we're thinking about foreign wars. This is what we should be thinking about, yes, when it comes to marijuana and drugs and alcohol and all of those kinds of things, the use of guns. I would recommend at some point you read the Constitution. I'm sure you've read it before. Imagine you had to do it in school. But it wouldn't be a bad thing for us to consider. It's a little dry. Uh, it's, it's not the poetry of the Declaration of Independence. It's procedural law. But it will remind you of what our founding fathers envisioned. And it will also, by the way, make you thankful for later generations who use the mechanisms of those founding fathers to modify and expand rights and, and make the government wiser. I'm glad 18-year-olds have the vote. And I'm glad that we, you know, I guess I'm glad even that we tried prohibition and found that it failed. And so we reversed it. All of that's good. It's a good experiment in democracy and it's a good education. And of course, with all of that, we were using the mechanisms those wise founding fathers gave us. So maybe Ron Paul's prompting a debate. Maybe he's making a serious suggestion. And just maybe we'll realize our founding vision and see some better days in this country. This Stephen Mansfield podcast was brought to you by the Mansfield Group. Find us at mansfieldgroup.com.